When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Episode 4 of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox and Ben Arrington. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. The show for filmmakers, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, creators, and anyone else looking to tell stories in the modern world. Hello, my name is Luke Condor, and I'm joined by two people today. And I found that really hard to do, Dan, because <laughs> I knew you were watching me. Yeah, well, last week we um, kind of made reference to your faces when you read through that and i was just trying to copy some of them this time <laughs> so uh, who am i joined by tell tell me talk to me daniel wilcox and ben errington <laughs> so ben ben this is your Hello. first show you are like a regular host but this is the first time on the show how's it feel it feels good it feels fantastic it feels great that's three that's positives awesome. there <laughs> for you I uh, I reckon we should fill in the, the listeners because I feel like the listeners they know who me and Dan are by now. Uh, fill them so, in. So <laughs> Ben, how can we describe Ben in like t- ten words or so? Um, uh, oh, who's doing it? Gone. I was I was gonna do it for you, but by all means, you do it. Um, you, I'm you a man. Probably know you better. He's a man. I know me. I'm a man with with with, with a face, and you know I've got ten fingers, and sometimes I write some stuff. With those fingers, is author, designer, father. Oh. Not not oh. my not my father. Uh, <laughs> Maybe uh, singer, metalcore singer. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this in this context, I'm I'm a I'm a Hawk and Cleaver author. Yeah, one of the Hawk and Cleaver team. Yeah, wicked. Uses his ten fingers to write ten tales of the human condition, which we referenced last week. Yeah, I did hear you talking about that actually, and uh, it was it was it was lovely to hear. Thanks yeah. for your your kind words about it what are we all drinking tonight by the way uh i'm drinking some still water i've got my uh 50k oh. <laughs> we just... you're doing yours on camera now yeah well i mean i went down oh. it i'll just drink it throughout the show we we uh, get a... we hit can i go get a beer can i go get a beer yeah get a beer yeah man go get a beer i'm not i mean <laughs> just to again for the the um audience in so we're celebrating a little bit of the fact that the other stories podcast, which we've been doing since the beginning of April, hit fifty thousand downloads this week, which is 
kind of awesome for us because we like to celebrate with each milestone. Um, and was it yesterday? Yesterday, was yeah. It... Yeah, and yesterday I no, it was the day. It was the night before, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Sorry, it was. Yeah. yeah. So the night before doesn't matter. But when <laughs> I, uh, I I did my double shot of Jack Daniels, instantly regretted it, nearly threw up. Um, so I'm not going to be joining you guys tonight. <laughs> I've got a tiny beer, just a tiny little can of. Brewdog Kingpin, 21st century lager. Nice. That's like hipster other, beer, uh, right? It's, it's totally hipster. Yeah. Other beers are available. We're not advertising them at this particular moment. Yeah. But you know, if Brewdog, if you want to get in touch. How's the writing going? I know you've both been kicking ass because uh, Dan is shaming me with like his massive <laughs> word counts. And Ben, you put, you put up your short story today. Yeah, I'm probably not. Hit, hitting it as hard as you guys with the with the huge word counts at the moment, but I did manage to get a short story done for the other stories, the coming of age theme. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it, I think. Yeah, good. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, not I'm, really... I'm halfway through it at the minute. I'm enjoying it. It's a bit of a, it was a bit of a weird one because obviously coming of age can be quite a broad spectrum, can it? You could you could go you know so many different directions with it. Yeah, I think that's one of the cool things because you can go from rituals to literally just aging to puberty yeah. to whatever. Yeah, and it's not like we're constrained with the other with the other um, themes, but I think when when the other themes initially, you get two or three thoughts in your head, which can be incredibly cliche. Yeah, and you kind of want to veer away from that. But with coming of age, it was more of a. It's probably the most broad spectrum that we could we could have hoped for. Yeah, because when we've done like zombies before and alien invasion, they're pretty much set in stone to a degree, whereas this is extremely broad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of um, what actually displayed that quite well was when, with some of the um, other other stories, when it came around to picking covers for the themes, the images, it was quite easy. I mean, with social media, it was normally something technology. With zombies, it was, you know, blood and monsters. But we spent a while trying to work out what to use for the cover image for coming of age, because it's just not really one thing that someone goes coming of age and you just go, yeah, it's this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I kind of thought um, Brad Pitt in Benjamin Button, just, you know, <laughs> just this horrible, haggard, scrotum-like face, you know, yeah. but, yeah. you know, maybe not. Or maybe, um, maybe Voldemort in the final Harry Potter. Yeah. And he's just naked and on the floor. Is that a Harry uh, Potter film? <laughs> Yeah, Maybe. it's in the final one, isn't it? When um, I've not I, seen it for a I, long time. I was gonna say I don't want to spoil it, but I'm pretty sure people know the Harry Potter thing. But yeah, at the end when they have their final face off and Harry thinks he's dead and it's all white and there's just this like tiny crippled goblin thing that's Voldemort. I, I remember that bit now. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Is that he's... the last one, ha- Harry Potter and the Naked Voldemort. Is that what it's called? It's like yeah, a dried yeah, olive at the end. I think. I've never, I've never seen a Harry Potter film. You know. Wow. Wow, they're, they're, they're wow. pretty. They're pretty good. I think. I think they're okay. Uh, yeah, they're average. <laughs> they're average. I don't know why I've never seen one. It's just never really. It's never really happened. Yeah. But you know, bigger fish to fry. So uh, just to get back on topic. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about getting words on the page, which can be extremely difficult. Um, but before we do that, we need to do our big whoops for the week. So uh, what a big whoop! Ben, have you got one? For us today, yeah, yeah. Do you want to? I got a, I got, I got a big whoop. <laughs> it's, it's quite big. Um, Are you still on the I might just fire, fire on ahead with this one. Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. Okay, cool. my big whoop, my big whoop of the week, my first big whoop, my debut big whoop. I'm not still in for time, honest. Uh, <laughs> is the Telltale Games 
series Batman, which is which has come out. You know, I think it's been out for about a week now. Um, so I've been playing it on PS4, and I've been I've been enjoying it. Well, only the first episode's out so far, um, and it's probably about a two-hour-long sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar. You guys familiar with the Telltale games? Yeah, yeah, quite stuff? well. I've played yeah, quite well. some of the Walking Dead stuff and yeah, uh, the the Fables one. Uh, oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? The was werewolf the, one. It was really good. Though. Was the oh, Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones one one as well? There was Game of Thrones one. one. Yeah, there yeah, was. Yeah, I played yeah, the first yeah. couple of episodes of that. I've I've only I've only ever played the the, the Walking Dead one before. Um, and it's you know what? It's usually it's not really my thing. I find myself like usually with a game I can find it really easy to get lost in, but with the Telltale stuff, I really find myself limiting the time I spend on it. Like I'll probably pick it up for like a half an hour and then and go away from it and come back. Where with with, with other games I can sort of sit there for hours and hours and hours. How but with you, this one, how did you find the Batman one? Is it all right? The Batman one's great. The Batman one's really good. I mean, it it takes the sort of Batman lore in places maybe it hasn't been before. Well, it probably has been there before, but not in the mainstream sort of Batman stuff. Yeah. Um. It and it's a lot of Bruce Wayne stuff as well. You're so, you're a Bat fan, though, aren't you? You're like a big fan of the Batman universe. Yeah, I'd say I'd say I was a Bat fan. I'd say I know a, a big fan of the the universe. Know enough about the characters to kind of. Hate Batman versus Superman, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd say it was like sixty percent Bruce Wayne in 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 the first episode, and like forty percent Batman. Because you don't yeah. get a lot of Bruce Wayne, really. It's normally no, exactly. That's why it was it was quite a, like a refreshing take. I when I kind of heard that because I I did look at a few reviews before I picked it up. I really was unsure mm. about being Bruce Wayne rather than Batman. Like, I just want to be Batman. Come on! But there was a lot of this, a lot of the political stuff. Uh, with with Bruce Wayne sort of back in Harvey Dent for mayor, um, and a lot of the stuff like dealing dealing with the mob, but as Bruce Wayne rather than Batman, yeah, which was quite which was quite interesting, I'd say. How does the action work? Because like, you think of a Batman game, you think of like punching people in the face, but the Telltale games are more about talking, like and investigating and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like um, well, this there, there are there are fight scenes in this, but it's all quick time events. Um, there's some cool sort of like detective work similar to similar to the Arkham games, hmm. um, and there's also these these bits where you can sort of like plan plan your attack before you go into like a heavily heavily built up area or a heavily armed area. Is it that system of press square for this action, triangle for this, circle for this? A little bit, but it's a it's quite linear, so it almost just like pushes you in a direction and kind of like, but it's still fun. How, yeah. how, I found that with, how much um, is it by the way? Um, well, I, I only, I only, you can pay for like a season pass, which I think is twenty five pounds. Um, but I only paid for the first episode because I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, so I've just paid five pounds for for episode one. Yeah. So five pounds for two hours of of gaming stuff is is is, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad at all. No, I reckon I recommend it, guys. If you if you uh, fan of Telltale stuff and fan of the Batman stuff, get get involved. Yeah, I'll have to give it a go because yeah, I played um, a little bit of the Game of Thrones one and I found it. It was all right, but like you say, it's very linear. It pushes you in that direction. You don't have that kind of freedom yeah. to explore. So I don't know they're a bit hit and miss, but I'll have to give it a go. Yeah, I found. I've, I mean, I've only ever played the Walking Dead one, and I but I found that had a lot of had a lot of freedom to explore. Um, but with this one, is despite the fact it is quite linear, I still I did still enjoy it. It was it was still it was still enjoyable. It was still a good. Yeah, I'll Luke, what's your? I'll, I'll give it a go, but I'll wait for Steam to do some sort of deal. Where they do the first episode for a quid or something. Sure they will, man. I'm sure yeah. they will. Uh, my big whip is... Well, I had one, and I was going to change it, but I'm going to come back to the original. 
Uh, it's oh. called. It's a book, and it's called The Girl with All the Gifts. And I've oh not, yes, I've not finished it yet, but it's oh. just a good book. Like it's been a long time since I've like just found myself drawn into a book so quickly. Like within the first two chapters, I was like pretty much hooked. I think, and I think it's something to do with like the writing style. It's written by a guy called M. R. Carey, and he's a comic book writer. I believe. I think he's written some X Men comics and some other bits and bobs. But um, it's it's a zombie story, you know, classic. There's zombies out there, but it's it sort of twists it on its head a little bit. Um, and some of the, some of my favorite chapters in there so far are the chapters from the POV of the girl, the little girl in it. Uh, have you finished it yet, Ben? Yeah, I I finished it. It's in, it's the last. It's the last book I read. I finished it last week at some point. Yeah. Is that the girl with all the gifts? Is that yeah, the girl that the you're talking man, about? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's um, I quite like uh the multiple POV shifts. They're pretty cool. I think the guy, the author, um, gets into the heads quite well of the characters. So there's there's one scene uh where he was thinking it's Doctor Coldwell, um, which I can't remember who's playing her in the film. I think uh, I think sorry to jump in. Yeah. I think in the film. Doctor Caldwell might be Glenn Close, but I'm not 100 percent because I've only Ooh, seen the trailer once. I can imagine that creepy, like yeah. cold, cold and creepiness. Yeah, but like when he was uh, he was doing a scene. There was a scene where he's talking about her, and she was um, dissecting one of the still living things, and it was just so in detail the way he's doing it, and I, it was just it was really good, really amazing. So I definitely recommend it. And you were saying that it was a bit of a hindrance when you started on your work for. Um tentatively titled they remain as well mm. because you found that the writing was so powerful that yeah i, I read it and it it was one of those things that it half inspires <laughs> you and at the same time half makes you think oh my god what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> i can't compete but but i think that's just, that's whenever you're comparing your first draft like your rough draft material with someone's finished draft it's going to be completely different um so I've, I've kind of accepted that now and I'm, I'm freeing myself up a bit but yeah it was it was a bit of mental anguish there that I had to get yeah. through. <laughs> we can revisit that a bit. That'd be yeah. a good one to come back to. Yeah. Um, how, far, how far into it are you now, Lee? Oh, into the book. Um, so the the Hungries have just stormed the base, and the the Junkers they call them. Uh, they're like herding them towards the base and using them as a battering ram, which is a cool idea in itself. Cool. Uh, I feel like I might need to read this book. Yeah, Definitely yeah. read it, man. It's, it's so well, good. I've just, it... I've, yeah, I've just finished um, the rats. James Herbert, which was fantastic, very very easy read. Um, and I started getting into the the new Harry Potter book just to see what it's about. And it's a play, right? It's not a full prose. Yeah, yeah, it's marketed as a book, but it's not. But yeah, I'm about ten percent into that, and I think I'm already close to giving up just because it's morbidly predictable. Hmm. So many people are going to think that's a book when they see it on the shelf. It just looks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Is it just like a screenplay? It, it's um no, it's not a screenplay. It's a stage play. And literally, I think on Amazon, oh, it's got, right. something yeah, like, got, it's got about 470 reviews, and about 100 of those are people going, I thought this was a book, and they're one, two stars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so. That good, doesn't good sound job. very uh, very predictable at all. It's quite surprising. <laughs> that bit, yeah. Is that, no, just read, yeah, is read that some of big, the Sorry, is that your big whoop, or is that? No, no, my big whoop is um, going to be the one that I said I should have done last week, which was... Um, Kind of relevant as well because this week the uh, oh no it's next week isn't it the episode um, that Carl's put his magic on the, the other stories Monday but he um, Monday. he did uh, last week's the week before he did 
So yeah, my yeah. Um, my big whoop is uh, a friend of mine, Carl Hughes, who has started getting involved in the other stories. He's a bit of um he's a bit of a sound magician, so I'm going to call him. Um, and he's just he's kind of just upped the game of some of the stories we've been putting onto the other stories. Started adding sort of sound effects and really making the music come together really really nicely to the point where the stories yeah. just they're they're beautiful. They are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he did. Uh, last week's i'm not sure how this is going to relate to people that are going to be listening to it on the feed but he did um the lion's cradle which was one of my stories that i wrote um and added some wonderful roars and jungle effects and everything else um and i think he's going to be helping us out occasionally just adding some stuff to the stories and and just making them even better for the listeners so yeah he uh he needs a bit more time than we normally give uh for pr- production uh, so he, um, I think he's going to try and do every other week, but hopefully we'll get some more. We'll give him if we can pay him. <laughs> I think That'll he'll do more, but uh, we're <laughs> not in that position yet. But yeah, no, he's yeah. a Sonic uh, wizard, and he mm. uh, is rubbing some magical sauce all over the podcast, which is really fun. Um, yeah, and for those who uh, would like to be introduced to Carl's work, maybe if they're not down for stories, I highly recommend checking out, uh, going onto YouTube and typing in Carl Hughes, that's K-A-R-L, and then Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, um, Carl Hughes Disney, and listening to some of his Disney remixes that he did of classic Disney tunes to uh, some electronica music. They're wonderful. Yeah, they're very good. It, have you, you've not, I'll, I'll have to send you the link in a bit, Ben. You have to send me the link, man. They've got thousands of views just because they're hilarious. Yeah, it's over like 100,000 and like 150,000, I think, so one of them. Mm. Very, very nice. So how the hell do you put words on pages? Ben, go. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, okay, um, so let's, let's reword it. So let's say you're just about to start writing one of the other stories or a novel or whatever. Where do you start from when you come to sit down and write the words? Where Where do I start from? Yeah. Um, do you know I do I do do a little bit of research these days. There were a lot of times when I kind of just went headlong into it, um, which uh, you you guys have been describing as pantsing, haven't you? Mm, yeah. Which does that does that mean right with no pants on? Uh, I wish. Uh, right. It should it should be. I <laughs> do that I'm anyway. So. Yeah. You do that anyway, do you? So much yeah. freedom. There's so much oh, yeah. freedom, man. Are you wearing <laughs> pants at the minute, Dan? Uh, well. Oh. I'll, I'll leave that to the imagination. <laughs> oh Jesus! Pantsless then. Okay. <laughs> Pantslessness. Yeah. Um, I've I, I do a little bit of research and I do a little bit of um sort of like just treatments where I kind of like write out essentially the whole plot, but in pretty simple terms, um and usually only only like a thousand words or something. Um, this is for non other story sort of stuff. Yeah. Other even other story stuff though, I've been doing quite a lot of research re- recently. Yeah. And the, kind of, uh... current, the last one, the Snake Island one. Um, yeah, Foster's that, Rule. Yeah, Foster's Rule. Yeah, that was that was my last episode of the other stories. Um, I did quite a lot of research on that. I watched a documentary which is about a place called Snake Island, sort of off the coast of Brazil, where it's just inhabited by snakes and no people are allowed there. And I thought that was, you know, I thought that was quite cool. I kind of like, I was kind of looking for weird sort of angles for the animal attack thing. I didn't um, believe you until you pointed that video in my direction, and then. I was like, he's making this up. He's made it up very well. This place sounds wickedly horrible. Yeah, and then, know, it's yeah, a real, it's a real place. place. There was there was like a document. There's like a, a sort of hour long documentary on 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 YouTube that I found, um, just all about it. Why why the I think it's the only place where these snakes called the golden lanceheads are, and they've got really sort of like really horrible venom. 
So it melts flesh. What I was, it melts flesh. Yeah, it's true. Flesh melting, but good, good memory there. Luke. Do you, uh, <laughs> do you like um, give yourself a time limit or anything like that? Like, do you say no? Or do you just go for it? <laughs> I think I, 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 I think. I think in comparison to you guys, I'm quite, I am quite chilled out with it. Sort of like you guys have got these daily word counts and stuff, haven't you? With me, I'll commit to that, but I could probably only commit to it for like two days before I just get distracted by something. Sorry, that got me. Something oh. shiny. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 are you all right? Yeah, it's just very warm in this room. Yeah, it's warm here as well. Oh, man. <laughs> God, so Dan, so okay, so you, you sit down, like, so you've been doing some massive word counts. How many words have you written in the last? Uh, week since we started these novels on monday okay so yeah we started um project dan officially on monday and at the minute i'm sitting pretty on uh twelve and a half thousand words which is a bit of a personal best for me to be honest um normally i kind of i've gotten to the point a while back where because i work full-time and i'm a father as well i don't get a lot of spare time to myself so i kind of capped out at around a thousand words a day mm. um but I think whether it's because I'm now, you know, we're kind of not racing, but we're going alongside each other as we're writing. There's that extra push. But also the fact that the story is so planned and um, already formed in my head that it seems so much easier to write and to go ahead. Yeah. Um, and I mean, one of the big things that I started this week is just getting up that extra hour early going into town so I'm sort of five minutes away from work and sitting down for an hour before anything starts and just getting the words out. Have you been late for work because of that? Because I do that and sometimes <laughs> I'm in the middle of something and I don't want to quite leave for work so I get there a little bit yeah. late. I think work work can suffer rather than yeah. writing. <laughs> Not yet, I think. There was um, a point uh, a couple of days ago where you know I kind of looked up, looked at the time and was like, oh, I've got work in 10 minutes. It, it went really quickly. Mm. But I've not gone late to work yet. So... Yeah, so we we planned these out pretty as detailed as I've ever had a, a novel planned out before. And I think one of the difficult things when you sit down to put words on a page is when you're not sure where to start from or you're not quite sure where it's going to lead. So we've got these novels planned out in a minute. So I can sit down quite comfortably, start writing and, and be fairly sure that I'm going in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. It's kind of we've got um, the roadmap, so it's just easy. Not, well, not easy. I'm, it's never going to be easy writing, but um, hitting those checkpoints is just a lot smoother than kind of trying to stagger your way there. I'm finding. Mm. But also the fact that, and I mean, this is obviously the whole point of this, the topic. The fact that it is a first draft. I know that there are a lot of things at the minute where, as I've written it, I'm thinking I could probably flesh it out a bit more. Maybe that doesn't quite add up, or it's a bit off from the beginning one. But I'm just kind of getting the words out and just. Yeah. rolling with it while i've got the momentum yeah ben do you subscribe to the the vomit draft like rather than the first draft so you, instead of like trying to get uh an initial draft that works like you're just trying to get the, any words or anything down on the page yeah 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 i think so i think it depends on the project but um a vomit draft could definitely work especially if you're struggling with something if you could just think of like an interaction between two characters maybe just like a place that you kind of think you want to start the story at or the sort of or the part you're writing then a vomit draft definitely really helps because then you can like sift through all the vomit afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> find out which chunky bits you want to keep and find yeah. out what other stuff you want to sling out the window. But yeah. How did, um, when you did 10 Tales of a Human Condition, how did that start? What was the starting point for you there? That's probably like, because it was kind of like my first big project, 
that kind of didn't really have much structure to how I was writing it. It kind of just, it was, it was kind of like, I guess it was kind of like a vomit draft that went on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> and then I did have to go back and kind of sift and trying to like direct things, um, trying to find these different plot points that I wanted to keep. Um, but it was, yeah, a, it was a fairly uh, chunky vomit draft, wasn't it? Initially, like it was one hundred and ten thousand words or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I had to go through and really. I mean, out of those one hundred ten thousand words, I probably got rid of thirty thousand. Wow. Yeah. So that's a big chunk. So there was, there was just words. a lot. That's amazing. There was, there was just a, there was a lot. There was a lot of waffle, and because it because it took because it, I kind of wrote it over the course of quite a few years because mm. it was my first big project before I really took the writing stuff seriously. I didn't know really what I wanted to do with it because it took place over a quick of a few years. I just kept adding to it and then then sort of like keeping on the back burner for about six months, then going back and adding to it. Mm. And I like the, the end, fact you just said before you started writing seriously, when there are probably hundreds of people out there that are thinking or they're taking writing seriously and haven't got a book out yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But then I guess it was. Just, I guess it was. It was at the time I didn't want it to be a writer. It was never on my radar when I was doing that. It was kind of like. It was a passion project, you know. It was mm. it was something that I never actually thought of the end goal of getting it published because I didn't really know anyone else who who was writing, and I I didn't know if it was any good, you know. That was that was the thing. Which I think is quite an important important point to hit as well. The fact that it was passion made it that bit easier to get it out. There are a lot of people out there who do see the end goal or do see the money and and the printed books and the published yeah. published deals. Um, and they find it all that harder because they are worried about it being perfect. They are worried about making it what they feel like it should be instead of just enjoying what they're writing. Yeah. And I think that with it, it, those initial stages, I was writing for myself. That was it. I was writing for myself. And when I was going back to it after leaving it for six months and reading it, it was, it was, I had such fresh eyes on it. It mm. was, you know, it was like, God, I didn't remember writing any of this. So yeah. it was probably the perfect, the perfect sort of, um, sort of structure for me to, to write with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I still go back to the you know the very last chapter, um, or is it the very last part? It's like so after the main character arc has finished, there's like a denouement at the end, and it's just yeah. um, that bit still sticks in my mind. Like as a really really solid end to the book. I just so congratulations, man. That was, I thought that was perfect. Thank you, man. Uh, Thank you very really much. Good. It still sticks with me today. Um, it was um, it was that was never ever um, an end. That was kind of like a bit that I'd written, and I was like, I don't really know where to, know where to put it. It never felt like an end. And, <laughs> and in the end, I kind of just, I kind of just slammed it on the end there. And I remember, I, I was going to get rid of it. It was going to be one of the thirty thousand words I got oh. rid of. And then um, when I read through, sort of like my essentially my first draft. Hmm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And before, before it ever sort of got edit, edited by myself, I liked it. And I yeah. thought, yeah, I'll keep it. Yeah, it's perfect, man. Have you ever, <clears throat> what do you do when you come to sit down at a page and you're like, staring at the cursor and you like don't know what to write and just nothing's coming out that question's for either of you do you want to take it Ben? oh me okay um it's i don't it's been a while personally it's been a while since i've got to that point where i have been looking at a blank page i mean there are times when i'm looking at a blank page and it feels a bit more difficult or it feels like it's a bit more effort to get the words out. Mm. Um, but I mean, when I used to get that problem, it was a case of um, just remembering that the draft at that at that moment in time is just for you. And again, going back to not worrying about it being perfect first time. And I think in one of the first um, Story Studio episodes, we spoke a little bit about this, where we were saying about how you don't, the more you write and the more you kind of just get on and write whatever on the page, the less precious you are about each individual word. Yeah. Definitely. So if you've got, if you spend an hour and you've got 10 words on the page, you care about those 10 words. Whereas if you just let your fingers go and you just let the word vomit come out and you've got two, three pages done, they're not as precious. So you'll be able to happily go back and change it or make more sense or cut it. And I think for me, it was getting to the point where, I realized that the words aren't permanent. I mean, it's nice to get a clean draft out first time and to feel like you don't have to do that much adjusting to, but at the end of the day, the reality is it's not going to come out perfect first time and there will have to be changes. So I think that's probably my biggest thing if I'm sat there and I'm think just staring at a, a white page. Yeah. I've got, I, sometimes, I've got a couple of ways that I sometimes get around it. Sometimes I'll just say, right, I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes writing about what I want to write about. And then in that process of just free writing, I'll normally find the first line that will actually kick into, it'll just give me that like jump start into the actual words. Um, or I'll write down 10 ideas about what's going to happen in the chapter. And normally I'll only use one of them, but that's just enough to find that that spark of inspiration to get, like, get into the zone. Um, with with me, I'd, I'd, I either, I'd either try and be a, bit, be a bit experimental, so try and, like, try and think, completely think, outside the box of what I what I want to write and just think, try, try and write something experimental. Maybe And sometimes I might jump off with with some dialogue. So the, rather than putting all the bits in between the dialogue, you know, all the all, all the sort of emotional bits and the and descriptions and stuff, I'll literally just start writing out dialogue, start bashing out as much dialogue as I can. And I find sometimes, obviously, if if the thing you're writing's got dialogue, yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I find that, that can help me at least. Um, where I want to, where I want to go with something, especially, especially if I can have a couple of back and forths in the dialogue, which sound really good, I could think, well, I know exactly where I'm going to go with this now. 
that could sometimes help. Yeah. For me, anyway. Do you, um, yeah. Dan, do you know when you're writing a chapter, do you know exactly what's going to be in the chapter? Like, not in terms of the beats that I gave you or, or anything like that, but in more detail, do you sit down before you go to write and do you think this needs to happen and this needs to happen? This emotional turmoil needs to happen in that way or that this drama needs to happen in a certain way? Or do you sort of figure that out while you're, whilst you're in the flow of it? Um, I, I'm more figure it out while I'm in the flow. So I'll think of um, the beat because so the package that you gave me, it'll have uh, a chapter, a point of view from a person and then kind of a line of what happens in this in this part. And I think I keep that in mind or I think of the direction I want it to head. Um, and then I just kind of, I try and loosely tie it in with the previous section. Um, but it's normally a case of I will just almost close my eyes and get into the character's head and then just try and think what would happen organically because um, it's well and good saying, uh, I don't know, like this character has to go from this shop across the road to this shop. But if you're writing it and it doesn't feel like that's an organic move for your character, because at the end of the day, the characters are living inside you. Yeah. Um, then it's not going to feel natural on the page. So I find that I will be writing and sometimes they, they will take their own course, but it generally in the bigger picture still moves in the way that I kind of want it to. Yeah. I feel so I'm not like, precious about the tiny details. I think uh, there's a, there's a certain amount of acting going off when you're writing, especially in a, in a POV. Like um, I feel like you spend a bit of time getting into the character's mind and then you just sort of follow those for as long as the chapter takes. Um, maybe we should take an improv course or something. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That'd be cool. We can we can run yeah. some. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's kind of a cool feeling get, actually getting inside the character's head because, and this is one of the reasons that I tend to, in most of the things I write, switch POVs and look from both sides because I don't necessarily want you know a mirror story going off the entire way like he said this and then the other person oh my god he said this but it's nice to occasionally have a break so in the opening of um lazarus which i'm writing at the minute um it's from the perspective of a bummer um and i'm never i'd never go back into that guy's head again but for that chapter that section it's really nice to pretend to be a bummer (laughs) did you find it a little bit too nice did you really think, nice this, this feels <laughs> so relaxing <good. laughs> yeah i mean yeah i was at work i was doing research on the work computer and they they blocked me no that didn't happen um but, <laughs> but but no it's nice kind of sometimes i mean everyone inside them has that curiosity that i wonder if i was in this situation how i would react or if i could let loose and i mean most of us have written stories about the dark, murder and about the dark side yeah, yeah, and that's, I, I assume, because there's a genuine curiosity in this. It's not that we are horrible people. It's just that because it's the other side, it's quite fun to explore. It's tit- titillating. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Ben, you, 10 Tales as a Human Condition is pretty much about like a sociopathic, drunken... Yeah. Oh, that was pretty much my preconception before I met you. <laughs> well, you <laughs> thought Ben thought it was an autobiography, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was basically an autobiography. It was basically me just... <laughs> Just uh, it's just a confession. If anything, yeah. you've if it's been a to New York. Yeah, yeah. Hardest... Not, I've never, I've never been actually. I remember oh, no, in, the last ep- in the last episode, Luke, you said I've been a couple of times. Have you not? I'm going for all? the first. I'm going for the first time this year. Ah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So we are we going to get a uh, a redraft? 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. The geography stuff in that book was 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 terrible to write because you know New York's a massive place, and just trying to like, especially when there's lapses in time, and trying to like work out where things were happening was it felt like it was impossible. So I made it as vague as possible in the yeah, end. I'm getting that at the minute because uh, Lazarus is set in uh, America's Virginia. Yeah, I've never been Virginia. No. So you don't want to be too. You don't want to be too detailed because I think not only are the people from Virginia not going to want it too detailed, really, are they? And you know, and, and how are you going to how are you going to write it? So it's, no one's going to write to you and say, "I was I was reading your book, and uh, you're in Virginia one minute, and then you're here the next one." Actually, the the time that would have elapsed would have been this. <laughs> yeah. Write it again. No mention of the corner shop whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah, that's been there for sixty bloody years. <laughs> yeah. The town Have ran. You, ever, uh, you, I know you guys. You guys were talking about doing stuff with like Google Maps last week, weren't mm, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, which I've I've definitely done before. I've done I've done a couple of like sort of just like walked walked a while walked around in in Google Maps, sort of looking at areas. I did find a thing as well when I was writing a short story, um, like a a YouTube sort of like tour of like a small town. Oh yeah, that so, works. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Like a, just like a da- just like a dash cam. Or someone was just driving around, sort of just uh, oh, perfect. Talking, yeah. talking about this place and that, which I find pretty cool because when you you know you, you as much as looking on Wikipedia is good. Yeah, I mean until you see it, you can't really get a get a feel for it, can you? Yeah, yeah you, you can never really get a smell of the place though until you've been there. No, exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> you can, but you can you can purchase air from places, can you? You can, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, so, you know, maybe maybe do that. Yeah, I uh, I think they sell like London air or they sell. <laughs> two two Chinese people they sell like lun- like just just air in a tar- in a like a jam yeah, jar type. It. and it's like a hundred quid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but wow. air from like the 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 Mendip Hills or something is like a hundred quid. Yeah, what are you gonna do with it? Smell it, Jesus. <laughs> smell it, inhale <laughs> it, gone. rub it all over yourself. Yeah, yeah. What times are, what time of the day do you guys find works best for writing? I have a very specific I, I time of the go, day. I, you should go first, Luke. I like to write, although I haven't been doing this recently. I need to start, need to get into the habit of it. But I love to write before anyone's awake, and like you just sat in your dressing gown with a coffee, just before the sun's even up. It, it's it's just perfect. I think I don't what know time? what what time. Well, in a minute, I'm going to get up at six. So I need to start getting up at like five ish again to to really experience that that beauty. <laughs> your face, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna take that as you're a a night writer. Uh, yeah, I do most of I do most of mine quite late, probably from like eleven eleven till one is like my real that's mm. like the the golden hours for me. Um, I've been trying to get up early recently though, but I find myself getting up and doing like a million other things before I think about writing, and then giving yeah. myself like twenty twenty minutes to write. So uh, yeah, usually later for me. I've been doing stuff at lunch, in work as well at yeah. the moment, which I find helps i only get 45 minutes for lunch but still i find as soon as it's sort of like if i've got my food ready i'm sort of eating while i'm writing at the same time i struggle to write at lunchtime because i get so tired around that time like after i've had yeah, a, yeah, some food i just go really like yeah cozy. after food no yeah before food at the same t- at the same time as usually <laughs> at the same time yeah. are, you, real, real are you quite a um are you quite a regular writer ben is it a case of you know you pick a time each day and that's your time or is it a well, bit more sporadic I think- I think at the moment, in comparison to you guys, you guys are writing sort of bigger projects with like daily word counts and stuff. At the moment, apart from the other stories, I'm cu- I've got a couple of scripts sort of like ongoing. I haven't got like a big sort of writing project. Mm. So in terms of hitting the certain words a day, 
I don't, it's not as important for me. Not that obviously, obviously it is important to still write regularly, but it's not like I would sit down and go, right, I've got to get a thousand, 1,500 words done now. Mine would be the case of, right, I want to get this many pages done, or maybe I want to get this scene sort of done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because mine's obviously the Elmar of a uh, comic, comic, which back, I am, yeah. I am, I'm working on the script for, but I'm, I'm still finding myself going back and just starting yeah. again on some bits. And a film and, uh, that you're working on now, right? Yeah, 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 and a short, and a short film. Is that like definitely going into production? Like, are they? But is it Belinda? I hope, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I think it. I think it will do. I mean, if Belinda and Chris are doing it. Yeah, yeah, I think Belinda, Belinda and Chris, um, are, are like YSP Media, are pretty keen on the idea. Um, I met up with them and we had a sort of brainstorming session for for hours. We we kind of had I had an idea for it, it and then we used that as a jumping off point. And we brainstormed all these ideas for ages and ages and ages. And I did manage to get, we had like pages and pages and pages of ideas. And I've got it down into a treatment now for, for the short film. So I've been writing script. I've been writing some script pages. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we should, we, should, uh, we should keep an eye on that and get it, like talk about it more in the podcast. Because it could be really cool to see that come to life and get around the festivals and all that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's not really something I've been involved with before either. So it's all... It's all new to me, but um, it's been it's been pretty exciting so far. I really enjoyed the sort of the brainstorming session we were trying to come up with when we were brainstorming these characters and brainstorming where we wanted the story to go, and you know, and the big twists. When the big twists came to me, it was just like it was magic. Eureka! <laughs> it was legit magic. Cool, Dan. <laughs> Dan, um, in terms of places and routines and and locations, where do you like to write? Yeah, so I found that and it, it, habit, and I know it's one of the things that a lot of writers harp on about it's something i didn't really pay that much attention to is just building that habit and just sticking down and doing stuff yeah um and for me the the formation of my habit because i've got quite a um my evenings can sometimes just go because of commitments my mornings can sometimes go because of babysitting or other reasons when i first wrote the first full draft of um clockwork clockwork rose my first thriller novel which will come out soon um that was pretty much every lunchtime at work. I just, I just committed to that one hour at lunchtime, said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down. And luckily where I work, it's at a university. So they have loads of facilities everywhere. So I just found an empty computer lab and just sat down every lunchtime for, I think it was a month and a half, two months maybe, mm-hmm. and just cracked out and cracked out the book. Um, and since then, it's now a case of, I think my, my optimum at the minute is, that extra hour I give myself in the morning before work because I love getting into work and knowing that I've hit that count. Yeah. That the target I set myself, I can just go, right, I don't need to do anymore. If I do in the day, that's just a bonus. Um, and then at the minute I'm finding that I do my morning in a cafe, I'll do an hour at lunchtime um, in the uh, university library. And then I kind of try and keep my evenings free because I don't want to burn myself out really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um the you get a bit of a spring in your step when you know you've done your word count before you go to work because you feel like the day's work is already done. Um, yeah. And if you don't get your word count done, you're kind of always thinking like I've still got like another 500 words to write for my daily word count. Um, I'm still thinking oh, I've still got that to do. So it's, it's like always on the back of your mind. I yeah. think um, one thing that helps generally is that that old saying of, um, a body emotion tends to stay emotion. Once you've got that habit, if you just force yourself for those first week or so, uh, at a certain time, certain location, 
certain amount of words. Once you force that down and you've got that habit, you've got the ball rolling, it's just so much easier after that to you'll sit down and your fingers will start typing before you're even worried about it. It will just start to start to come. Start yeah. To and to highlight that point a bit more, I know we were talking about some writing tools in a previous episode and I spoke about uh, Writometer, which is the app that I use to track my words. And that's got a handy little reminder function on it that says, you know, it's really annoying sometimes because if my target's a thousand words and in that day I've written 998, it will bug me at 9 p.m. and say you have two words to write, which really pisses me off because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty much that's pretty much the target. But it's also got a tracker on there that tells you in the project <laughs> two <laughs> words would you write. <laughs> yeah, I know, just like fuck you. Um, <laughs> but no, what? In, in the, Why would you say that to it? <laughs> in the um, actual app background itself, depending on your project, it tells you how many days you've missed of your word count. Oh. And I find that if I miss a day, before I know it, I'll go back on the app and it'll say 10 days missed. And like you say, that's because that momentum has been missing its slows. Mm. Whereas now I'm on, I don't know, I think, what, five days in a row. Yeah. That's, that's not the right start. Jerry, uh, Jerry Seinfeld used to, a uh, very good comedian, I quite like him. <laughs> he used to have a big calendar and he used to, uh, so I need to write a joke every single day. It, yeah. And when he when he'd written a joke, he'd do like a big black x on the day and then he'd then he'd do the, an x on the next day once he wrote his joke and then once he's got a chain going he said it was a game then to not break the chain so it could it could be super late at night and he'd be looking at his calendar and thinking i don't want to break the chain i don't want to ruin like 31 days worth of chain <laughs> so um maybe that maybe that help i don't know it helps me yeah it's hard to get back to as well because i think my probably my record of writing per day, not like word count at all, but just getting down and doing something per day, I think was like 45 days in a row. And then I had a day where I was literally out and I, I physically couldn't get were, to anything. You were to dead. Write. You were out. Yeah, I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was uh, medically dead for 24 hours. <laughs> and when I came round again, oh, no. <laughs> it was the most horrible feeling knowing that that chain had been broken. You woke, my total <laughs> body had broken. You woke At least up, you were alive. Yeah. You yeah. woke up like naked in a gutter and thought, shit, my word count. Yeah. First thought, yeah. the minute I woke up. You should have written it all over your body. Like, um, <laughs> Memento. like Guy, like Guy Pearce in Memento. Yeah. Um, that would have been the right thing to do. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right. I've got a novel here. You let, on my you let yourself, you let yourself <laughs> down. Yeah. Just one word <laughs> on my arm, disappointment. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Did you say you've got a novel on your abs? <laughs> or on your ass? Both. What if you haven't so, got abs? It's a sequel. What if you haven't uh, got abs? Then what? Oh, Where does yeah. the novel go? What if Where it's in size one font? Yeah. You just can't read it. Jesus. <laughs> what are you writing it on? <laughs> size one font. My, uh, my micro typewriter. Yeah. We're going to say micro something else then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in terms of chain breaking, that's that's absolutely right. You, it's the the longer you've been going for, the harder it is, or the the less you want to break it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I um, we're coming on to like forty minutes now or so. Um, so if you've got anything to say, say it now. <laughs> um, I, my my advice would literally just be, don't be scared to write crap. Get on and do your first draft and find that pocket per day that you can sit down, even if it is just 20 minutes, half an hour to start with. You don't have to start with anything significant because if you're passionate about what you do, that time will become important to you and it can grow, which is how I started. 
just 20 minutes a day and now i kind of can't really put it down yeah it's uh it's easier to do when you've got a bigger project to get into these sort of routines i think if you're like because ben you're like uh bitten and bobbing at the minute right so you're doing a bit of this bit of that um it's probably, it's probably more <coughs> yeah, difficult yeah, to yeah. build the momentum in the same way yeah i guess so but i i still find myself I still find that I have enough momentum going anyway, just because yeah. of my drive to sort of do it every day. But when people say that they don't really can't really find time for it or something, which is how I feel sometimes. Yeah. It's just a case, you know, get up an hour early in the morning, you know, that then immediately you've got an hour there, go to bed an hour later at night. There you've got another hour. Or if you do both, you've got two hours. Yeah. Um, do it at lunch and work. If you can't do it, then, you know, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll write, if I'm on the go and I can't sit down at a laptop, I'll literally yeah. just write on my phone, write, write notes really? on my phone. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote all a Foster's rule on my phone. Well, it just um, be like one thumb at a time or something. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, a, were you like pecking at the, the phone? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I was pecking wow. at the phone. I've got, I'm, you know, I'm quite, I'm quite good at texting. I'm quite speedy, you know. Oh yeah, he's uh, a speedy quite, pecker. A speedy pecker. <laughs> I'm a very speedy pecker. And I wrote that. Um, I wrote that in the back of a Vauxhall Zafira. With loads of gear on top of me because it was we were halfway through the tour, uh, the band tour. So I had like I had like symbols on my head and stuff, and uh, I just I was just I was so sort of like fed up. I was I was just hanging. I was really really tired. I thought I'll try and write something. I just had my phone. And I wrote all of all of Foster's rule, but that was obviously with all the research I'd done, sort of like knocking about in my head. I, d- I did have to give that quite a lot of editing. It wasn't like I wrote it on my phone and then suddenly I was like, bang. <laughs> Text that. That's the one. I, um, yeah, it, a lot a lot of editing went on with that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's some pretty cool behind the scenes material that you wrote. That, that's it. some of the magic we miss, yeah. yeah. The magic. The magic. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's the thing. If you, if you can't find time to actually, because that's what I, I find the time to actually sit down, open my laptop and be there typing. Mm. I find sometimes getting to that point quite difficult every single day obviously yeah. i do do, do it mm. really regularly which is why i do write a lot of stuff on my phone hmm. yeah. um because like my note my, my notes are synced to my to my cloud as well so it's not like if i just drop my phone down the toilet that it's all going to be gone yeah so yeah if i get ideas for for sort of like books or i get ideas for short stories and stuff i will write quite a lot of it um on my phone well probably i'll probably work it about I'll probably do about 20 to 30 percent of my writing just on my phone and then just copy that over and then get editing on that so that's uh i might try that i've never done that before so i might give that a go yeah because because sometimes yeah. you're on the move mm. and you're itching to write something you've got something in your head and um i'm, I'm really forgetful so most yeah. of the time i think right i'm gonna write write it down now so i don't forget it when i come down to actually opening my laptop and getting ready to type and then suddenly i'm like what was i thinking oh. about earlier oh my god it was gold it was pure gold, yeah. and it's yeah. gone. See, for me, I find that I, I dabble with bits on my phone, but it's never story-wise, because I sometimes I, I go to local poetry nights and, and read bits of poetry, and if I'm out and about, I will put poetry primarily on my phone because it's a thing that I find quicker to tap into, mm. whereas with stories, I like to have that time, that bubble to sit down and be and focus on it. It's a very different type of writing when you write it straight onto your phone because obviously mm. there's no there's no time to sort of go back and check words or think oh I'm going to use a different word for that or oh, that's a bit basic. It is quite basic really when you when you are writing on your phone. Well, that, it's, that's it's, good it's, though. It's it's just, very yeah. very yeah. bare bones of something, and sometimes that can that can work for you, especially if you are having trouble mm. with yeah. something. Getting it getting it there in its most basic form is is better than nothing. That's that's pretty go. cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. I uh, I will give that again next week. I think. 
because um, it's just like a good yeah. way to get over that critical voice and just sort of get that draft, the vomit draft down. Yeah, especially if if you're just on public transport or something and you're just yeah. you know stuck in a traffic jam or whatever, not where you're driving, obviously. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just 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 getting it down like that is is a real sort of like oh, I haven't been I haven't been doing that for too long actually. I've probably only been doing that for for a few months, but yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's something different. Cool, man. Okay. Um, it's been very nice to have all three of us here. Um, been lovely. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, Pleasure. I need to say that last week I said that this week would be the Frizon Comics interview. That's next week now um, because I messed it up. <laughs> 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 but um, we're recording on Monday. Very exciting um, to those, yeah. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, yeah, so... Are we, th- are we thinking about doing a possible Suicide Squad slash DC Comics Universe, Movie Universe talk at some yeah, point yeah i think so we should do um like uh what would we what we would do to f- not fix it because i don't know what your i think your opinions might be different there i'm not too sure um that's sure but um yeah like what would we what would we do to help dc that'd be good i've got yeah. ideas cool. i've got ideas okay cool i'll just say to listen <laughs> start to... again <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be a pretty good idea i think the x-men should start again for sure um, did, I think they, they started again too many did. times. I mean, we're like, <laughs> I think they need to. We'll get into this uh, another show. But yeah. um, listeners, go give us a five star review and share the show. That's what I last today. Um, uh, follow me on Twitter at Luke of Condor, and you guys are. Um, I am at Ben underscore Errington. I'm at Wilcox Author. Cool. Okay. Anyone else want to say anything before we do, or is are you all good? Subscribe at www.hawkandcleaver.com to keep up to date with all of our latest news, information, and wonderful releases. See, that wasn't even practice. That was just off the cuff. That was, that was practice. Good. That was practice, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show? the other stories oh and did you know every time you leave us a review in the itunes store a puppy is born cute day anyway toodle pip Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.